Hey everyone, welcome to the Midpoint. Have you ever heard of rich people asking to be more taxed? That's not usually happening, right? But I found someone that thinks he should be more taxed. Our guest today is Antonis Schwartz, a philanthropist, impact investor, and advocate for social equality. Back in 2006, his family sold its company. However, Tony did not just settle with his wealth. He believed in using it to build a better world and has become a catalyst for change. In this episode, we delve into his journey, understand how his views on money were shaped, and discuss personal finance and happiness. So sit back, relax, and get ready to meet the man who is using his wealth to engineer a more equitable world. Welcome, Tony, to the podcast. Hello. Hey, it's great to have you. Um, it's been super interesting to read about uh, what you've been doing in the past, and there's a lot out there in the media, sort of you, you're an activist, you're basically talking about a lot of different topics or have been as well over, over time. But I would like to start a little bit earlier. Um, so for everybody to know, Tony um, belongs to a, a fa pharmaceutical sort of dynasty or family that has been were in been involved in, in Schwarz Pharma. And um, about 2006, that company was sold to, I believe, UCB, a Belgian based pharmaceutical company. D did your life change from your perspective when uh, when the company got sold? Yeah, I mean, um, it changed a lot, I guess, um, because before that, the money was more or less in the company. And afterwards, uh, it wasn't. So um, yeah, so just there was, there was much more money um, to be invested or to be donated or to be spent on whatever houses, cars and whatever people want to spend their money on. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You, you, I mean, you, you're famously putting your money to work to very um, good causes, but and on a personal level, just just yourself, you were 18 at the at the point in time. Um, did you just keep keep going as it as it was, or did you also kind of reset um, maybe your perspective on where you study or where you want to go after that? No, I just I just uh, finished uh, school. I went to university. Um, also did the masters and yeah, basically just pretended like money wasn't there more or less. Mm -hmm. Good. Wonderful. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how you put that money, um, to work. I mean, it's a, a little bit of a cliche for, you know, very rich people that they have yachts and airplanes and very nice houses in, in many different places, but, um, you're, you're putting your money to, uh, you get involved and put your money into very good causes. Um, what, what started all of this in, in, in your point of view and sort of where you got involved uh, at the beginning? Yeah, well, I think it's a, it's a long journey. And I mean, I grew up with uh, parents and especially my mother that was uh, very politicized. On my Greek side of the family, we had um, during the military dictatorship in Greece, but also before that, we had uh, a lot of persecution um, for political reasons and um, yeah, so there was kind of this 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 history in the family, and um, also in Germany, um, you had the rise of the AfD, the um, kind of like a crypto Nazi party, I would say. And uh, yeah, so um, very very worrying developments. And um, my my first actually bigger philanthropy was um, donating to the Red Cross for the mm -hmm. war in Syria. So kind of like almost like yeah, emergency relief or 
war relief in that case, I guess. Um, so that was kind of my first thing that I did. And, um, and I also got involved in the social entrepreneurship scene. Um, so started supporting Ashoka, which is a global network of uh, social entrepreneurs. And, um, yeah, so, so it was a journey. Um, and also in Greece, I, I started uh, supporting some refugee NGOs. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's wonderful. Is, is there a specific systematic approach you take to what you, um, what you support and how much you support, support them? Well, um, in the beginning, not so much. Um, and I would say that up to this day, I'm very opportunistic, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, over the years, I realized that, uh, activism is kind of, and social movements is what, what I'm most passionate about and where I think also there's the most impact. And, uh, so that's also, um, why, why I decided to focus more on, on that. Yeah. How did that evolve? I mean, today you're also in, in, in many different organizations. Like, uh, how, how has that shifted or are you still involved in the same projects today? No, it shifts, it shifts over the years. Um, and yeah, the, the, the biggest part of my donations go to the Gorilla Foundation, uh, mm -hmm. which I founded in 2016. And there we support like early stage grassroots social movements and activists in Europe, um, especially focused more around uh, Southeastern Europe and Eastern Europe. Um, but we also fund in Portugal and France and Spain and all over Europe. And, um, yeah, and we see each other, we see ourselves a bit like helping new movements get off the ground because it's very hard to find that first, uh, institutional funder. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we, we want to be that first funder that helps them get off the ground. And also maybe if they uh, go to other foundations, they can already say that, yeah, we already have a foundation that is actually, um, supporting us mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. And also with, with, the with the activism stuff, I mean, I, I, I supported some initiatives that I thought were very high impact. One of which was the center for political beauty, which in Germany is quite well known and very con controversial also. And, um, yeah, they did some, some actions around like the Syrian refugee issue because, uh, back then, uh, Angela Merkel hadn't, uh, um, yeah, shifted her stance and let the refugees in. So it was very, um, it was very powerful. The, the, the activism work they, that, that they did. And then I, I thought like, that's, that's the kind of thing that I want to be supporting. That's nice. I feel you mentioned Germany. I feel like if we compare that to other countries, the social kind of support you're getting in general as a society is comparatively high compared. So sort of if you look at the US or other countries around the world, um, but still, I feel like the, the habit of giving is, let's say, a lot more pronounced in the US or in other countries. Um, is this, you know, is this a, is this lacking in Germany in your point of view? Or do we need, I mean, given the social state being so big, do we need more of that? What, what would you change in Germany if you, if you were able to? Well, I think definitely that there could be more donations. Um, I mean, it could be worse also, but, um, yeah, I think overall, um, the wealth is not being, um, doesn't trickle down as it should, uh, probably. And, um, so yeah, that's why I also think that we need to tax rich people more, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, coming from you, that's a very, un and maybe, uh, maybe also the, 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 the United States, they don't have the same social welfare system as we do. 
So mm-hmm. it's, no, of it's kind of balanced, right? Sort of in the in the US, is pay, paying forward goes um, throughout all. I, I believe throughout all um, parts of society, right? It's sort of a, a thing you do as part of your um, saving. You also donate, and you also basically giving it to other people. And I, I feel like even in Switzerland, where where I'm based, that's not as common to to have to sort of dedicate a certain percentage of your income to um to helping others i I think we could definitely benefit from that as well just as a as a habit uh, in general i think on a state level you mentioned it's kind of an unusual thing to think about from somebody who has a lot of money to want to be taxed more right um usually i think the political um (laughs) spectrum is fairly fairly obvious and who wants to tax the rich more and who doesn't want to be taxed more um usually in 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 what sense would do you think is it is it I mean, we can also talk a little bit about Switzerland in that sense. Um, if you contrast the different tax systems, what you would what would you change in Germany? Because I think the taxes over there are already quite high, aren't they? Yes, uh, they're high for the average Joe, but not for the super rich Joe. And okay. um, yeah, so um, we have a, a huge discrepancy between uh, taxation of labor and taxation of capital income. Actually, mm-hmm. we have one of the biggest discrepancies, I think, in Europe in, in, with regards to this. And, um, yeah, so basically it's uh, very, um, I mean, at this at this moment in time, you don't know how it will change. But, um, yeah, at this moment in time, it's uh, if you have a very large company, for example, you don't pay or you pay very, very few taxes, like close to none. Um, inheritance taxes, uh, that is. And, um, yeah, capital income is also not super high. Um, I think around 25%, 26%. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely not, not, not too bad. Um, and, um, yeah, and I think inheritance taxes is a big topic, um, because of this exemptions, uh, for the large companies. And I can also understand that people are worried that jobs will be lost and the companies will have to go public. Uh, and then, yeah, the family might lose control of the, of the company. Yeah, would it be? Uh, I mean, let's talk about it just quickly on the inheritance tax because that's something I've uh, I've been thinking about myself as well. In in the state I'm living in, in Zurich, um, there is no inheritance tax; it's zero compared to yeah. other states in Switzerland. Yeah. And um, I mean, the ar- we use the same arguments politically here that if you just for everybody to know, sort of if you if you would tax somebody on inheritance, but that inheritance is actually locked up in shares in a in a sort of a medium-sized company that might put that company at risk because the sort of person inheriting it needs to go and either sell the company or or get get loans or debt uh, um, to to be able to pay the taxes on it um it's it's very hard to argue with that but i feel like the rest i mean there's a lot more wealth out there that could be easily or much easier taxed um than than those shares locked up in a company um is there a way around it? Do you think for those for those that own medium-sized companies, is is there a way to, I don't know, put these shares in escrow in a state fund, or is there something that could be done to not jeopardize the jobs? Because so far, I've only been hearing um, the the contra from let's say the liberal parties against against mm-hmm. the tax on that topic. Is there is there a solution on it? Well, I think first of all, it's a tax which, if you're lucky, you have to pay every uh, thirty years. Um, so it's not that True. you pay it often. It's very mm-hmm. maybe twenty years depends, obviously, on the on each case, and uh, so it's a very long time f- uh, 
and, and during this time, 20, 30 years, uh, you can set aside some funds to pay for this tax. Um, and let's say it's like 10, 15%, that should be definitely doable. Um, plus also, um, if the company is going through very difficult financial situations, you can defer those payments. And I think you can defer them five to 10 years or something like that. And mm -hmm. maybe if it goes very long, you can also like, as you said, like have the state as like a, Stiller Gesellschaft, I don't even know what it's called. Or just being non-executive, um, yeah, just sort of shareholder as a shareholder like without any say, kind of. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I think it's all a matter of management, and also the question of how high uh, you put it. Um, I think if you put it ten, fifteen percent um, for everyone, then I think that that would be a, a good thing to do. No? Yeah, and maybe, maybe also Switzerland. You know, you guys are are making money also of, out of other people's backs um, with this with this kind of uh, aggressive tax policy, and it's money that is uh, missing in in other state budgets. That's that's a good point. Yeah, we we can also go there if you want to other international <laughs> taxation. I fully agree with you. We we're currently debating or sort of. The, I think we're um, we're just introducing the OECD taxes sort of global tax rate. And now we're debating on how to pay back those companies, um, again, circumventing uh, that international tax system. So fully agree that Switzerland would also have some room uh, to, to, to improve uh, in that regard. I mean, personally, I'm fairly liberal and a capitalist. I, I, I of, of course, don't want the state to take control of any company, uh, or, or at least not, uh, as, is, as you mentioned, uh, to have an executive, play an executive role in it. Um, but when we go briefly to capital gain tax, I think capital gain tax in Switzerland is, is pretty much zero. Um, so mainly because of the capital markets, I think over here, uh, if you trade with, with shares, if you own shares, if you hold them long enough, there's zero tax on it, which is quite a nice. If you declare them to the authorities, if you declare these gains, um, then you get basically um, refunded on the tax that is automatically placed on them. It's a complicated system, uh, but you know I feel like from the taxation perspective for everyone, we get taxed on so many different things, um, and uh, you get taxed on income, you get taxed on uh, VAT, etc., uh, etc. Et but I think your point is actually pretty, pretty, um, pretty good that if you have a lot of money and put that to work, then you can actually minimize and, and sort of go around all these all these systems. Would it would it would it so would it work if everybody would just be taxed on wealth? No matter um, who. Not everyone has wealth, or what do you mean? I think I think the inheritance should be maybe a flat flat uh, tax that mm -hmm. applies to everyone. And um, yeah, and I mean that's yeah that's I mean, where my thoughts are going yeah. in that direction. I think inheritance tax will basically reshift. Or sort of the Umverteilung in German, sort of you, you can kind of yeah, start to redistribute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. You redistributed every uh, everything over generations, which I think is is a is a time frame that everybody could live with um, compared to being taxed on a day day to day basis. I, I guess. Well, let's go back to um, let's go back to maybe a shift back to um, sort of personal wealth and maybe take away. The um, I think we take away your own story, but I'd love to hear your perspective on it. So, talk about personal finance could be anyone, um, not not necessarily yourself. When when you think of I think when when we think about wealth or when you think about money, personal finance is always very subjective. No matter where in what sort of kind of life situation um, you're in, there's a lot of situations above a certain minimum where people 
actually um, look upside and say, oh, if, if I only had A, if I only had B, but at the same time, somebody else is looking up to them, right? So that, that sense, um, in that sense, I mean, relative. If you, if you place yourself in, into anyone's position, at what point do you think is um, too much money or sort of enough money? Sorry, one, one, is it, one is it too much money to own? And one do you think is it enough? What's sort of the level where you'd say, this is a fair amount of money to own? Mm -hmm. and, and beyond that, it's just ridiculous, right? You, you don't know how to deal with it anymore because you can't even grasp the concept of how much money you have. Yeah, I think like around 500 million, it starts getting very abstract. Um, and it doesn't have to do anything more really so much with your, with your living expenses. Um, yeah. So I would say around, around like 500 to a billion, like it's basically all numbers and, um, yeah. And, but I think, I mean, for everyone it's, it's different, but I think like with, uh, I mean, theoretically, I think with like. 10 to 40 or 50 million euros you can also like have a very nice life you know what i mean yeah exactly like i mean i i, I yeah i don't know I, I think I'm, I'm i'm i think it's a bit difficult to implement like an upper limit for wealth um oh yeah, you see where so, i'm going with it you see where i'm going with this question right because i think that's a continuous i mean i read a report the other day I, like not the other day like a, a couple of months ago i read a report from a very left-wing organization, I think they said like a, I think it was 10 or 40 million or something like that, like a limit to wealth. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, we, this is completely um, uh, not, uh, not possible. Uh, yeah. With our current system. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I feel like it's it, no matter what system you implement, there's always likely always ways around it. Yeah. Right? Um, I think, I really think the it. way, the way that rich people also should, should uh, view this is that, um, you know, they need to make an investment or a donation or whatever in, into their own future, you know, because if we, if we wreck the, pla the planet, if we wreck the climate, um, the, the biological, um, diversity, etc., um, then, you know, future generations will not have a comfortable life here. So they need to just realize that they need to, put some money down um, in order to um, safeguard future generations quality of life. Mm. I think I read recent, was, was it earlier this week or last week when um, it's Monday. So it's definitely going to be last week <laughs> where I think it's a yearly report who's emitting most of the CO2 emissions. And I felt like the top 1%, right? I don't mm. remember exactly, uh, but mm. they're, they're doing like 10 times more of CO2 emissions a year than we do. Is it, is yeah. that roughly correct? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be very hard, you know, to, um, forbid having a private chat or to forbid sort of, uh, driving around in international territory, right? On, on open waters with your yacht. But, um, uh, yeah, in the end, we all emit a lot of <laughs> emissions. I think as a whole, uh, it, it's not going to just be the rich that need to reduce it a little bit. It's going to be every one of us. Um, in, in your perspective, how do you, how do you uh, see the topic of sustainability? Um, are you doing taking any measures yourself when it comes to saving the planet? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying a bit, uh, but I'm I'm flying quite a lot, so I think that's uh, very bad. I do uh, offsetting also for my bad conscience, but um, yeah, I, I'm 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 very uh, 
very obsessive with my with my uh, garbage so like uh, waste separation okay um recycling and all kinds of bins and uh so i'm passionate about that and, <laughs> it's uh, very quite german of you <laughs> yeah and i mean what what else can you do you can switch to a green electricity company um and green gas even i think it's like biological gas um mm. yeah I'm, I'm going to put a couple of links in the show notes later on for everyone. There's there's very interesting ways of offsetting um, CO2 emissions nowadays, even to capture it out of the air or sort of store it far in the ground instead of just planting trees. So I'll, I'll put the link there. Um, if uh, if you're, let's say, in your involvements with uh, those grassroots organizations and so forth, do you, do, you, do you travel a lot to them? Are you getting involved? I mean hands-on with them or is it more the the donation that that includes your involvement um so i'm actually not very involved anymore in the gorilla foundation we changed our governance um last year mm -hmm. and basically the team uh, they run the show together with a an advisory board like an act we call it the activist council that consists mm -hmm. of 11 um, activists and they are paid for their work there to scout and evaluate um grantees um And then we have the funder circle, which is 11, sorry, nine people that give money. So that's me plus eight. And uh, we don't have any say in how the grants are uh, administered, made. Mm -hmm. And um, so we, we basically just give the money. So I don't, I don't go visit any grantees and so on. I, I used to do that a bit, very little before, but now I don't do it all. Um, so I'm just getting the annual report from the Gorilla Foundation which just came out, by the way, which is really cool. If you want to, you can link it also. Oh, yeah, and, of course. Um, Happy to. Yeah, so so we have like uh, strategy meetings a couple of days, uh, a, a month, sorry, a year. And um, But yeah, mm -hmm. very, is it, very I passive. Mean, re researching, researching you, you were extremely active um, in Greece as well as here. And is is there any project or any, any activity you do today that keeps you, keeps a passion uh, going as well? Um, well, yeah, I mean, the, the dormant bank accounts is, uh, very much active at the moment, uh, in Germany, you know, the, the initiative, right? Uh, tell us about it, please. Ah, okay, great. It's basically, um, in, in all over the world, when you have a bank account mm -hmm. and the owner is not to be found from the bank, um, then the, the, the bank account becomes dormant. So sleeping, mm -hmm. so to speak, mm -hmm. and different countries have different, Uh, definition. So in the UK, for example, I think it's, uh, it's uh, 10 years. Um, and so in other places, it's 15 years, mm -hmm. and whatever, in, in, in most countries, in the many countries, this money goes to the state after some, some time, like in Switzerland, although it's very, it's a very long time in Switzerland, it's like 50 years. Mm -hmm. So after 10 years, it becomes dormant. But then after 50 years, it gets transferred to the, to the Finanzamt, uh, whatever the, the finance ministry. Yeah, and in in Germany, after 30 years, the the bank the bank accounts are are closed by the banks and uh, are booked as profit. So um, oh, wow. the, the the money doesn't go to the state or society. The money goes to the banks in Germany after 30 years, and this obviously is uh, quite a scandal. And um, in the UK, they developed a model where this money gets transferred to a like a state entity where people can also look for their money. If you have, for example, a relative that uh, just died, you can go there and ask if they have assets somewhere and uh, you can get paid out. 
Um, but the experience shows that less than 10% actually reclaim uh, this money. So you reserve 40% of, mm -hmm. of the total amount to be on the safe side that you can service this, these reclaims mm -hmm. uh, into, into, perpetu into perpetuity. And then 60% of this money you can use for, for good causes, uh, which we want to use for an impact investing fund of funds uh, like they did in the UK with Big Society Capital, where they mobilized uh, 900 million pounds in roughly 10 years. And we believe that, uh, I mean, I'm doing this with a number of organizations in the social entrepreneurship scene in Germany. We believe that in Germany, we have uh, 2 billion euros on dormant bank accounts. Mm -hmm. So that it's quite some, some money uh, and ho hopefully 1.6, uh, 1.3 billion we could mobilize for good causes. And uh, we made it into the coalition contract. So the government wants to do it. Um, but they they lack the resources, um, so we're we're in the process of helping them with a draft law and uh, yeah, and um, oh, that's a wonderful thing. Just, yeah, because just working on this whole topic. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, we 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 did have a famous um, uh, political scandal, I would say, in in Switzerland in the '90s, where a lot of um, a lot of these lost bank accounts or silent bank accounts from the Second World War were kind of dormant sitting somewhere in a basement somebody found the documents and it kind of blew up uh, we want to make sure that that money doesn't go into into profits at any point but rather goes back either to the family so that uh, there's yeah. a, an active effort to to be repatriated to the to the right people yeah. um it's yeah it's definitely a good thing because we i mean bank accounts get i think i still have a bank account in singapore with a couple of hundred dollars on it uh but it's definitely not something i will ever uh it's too much of a hassle to go and cancel than rather just leave it there um so i think it's definitely more common than usual than people think yeah. i'm not sure if i have the, the facts 100 percent straight because i heard that by a, a tourist guide in zurich um the former um let's say dictator in russia lenin uh was actually spending his time in exile in switzerland uh, for a few years and um, when he was kind of smuggled back to Russia um, to then take over the country there with his revolution, uh, he still had a bank account in Switzerland. And f f um, apparently the money was kept, um, although everybody knew who he was, right? It's not that with his name, his name on the bank account, uh, it's pretty much obvious who that person is and who the money belongs to, right? Um, it was kept, uh, as as you as you described it, um, continued to be a silent, silent bank account, I think about 100 120 Swiss francs in the end landed in, in into into the hands of the bank at the end. But it's it's even though people know who they are, um, I, I don't think a bank would usually go forward, at least not in Switzerland, and approach them mm. and say, "Hey, hi. Uh, by the way, you still have money with us." Yeah, uh, at least yeah. not at those times. Right? The the crazy thing with the Jewish bank accounts apparently is that after the Second World War, already the State of Israel, um, I think it was the Prime Minister, he told the the, the Swiss government, "Please do something about it." And they said, yes, yes, we will do that. And it actually went until the 90s. So that's why, like, they always said, please do something. And they said, yeah, yeah, we're working on it, working on it. It's like working on it for like 40 years. But the other thing that is not very good about the, 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 the system with the dormant bank accounts in, in Switzerland is that um, it, it takes 10 years to become dormant. And then it takes another 50 years to transfer to the uh, finance authorities mm -hmm. and in these 50 years or in total 60 years the bank charges uh, 
or charges uh, fees, for fees. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 fees for for the for the deposit, uh, and and so the, especially the smaller amounts, they get eroded, and most of the dormant bank accounts are smaller amounts. So basically, the bank just in the end closes the bank account because they just charge the fees, and then in the end they close it. So mm -hmm. in the end, it's also a system that is very very um, preferential to the banks. Sorry, just out of curiosity, are we just talking about cash in the bank or also like stock portfolios? We are, we are talking about bank accounts right now. Gotcha. But there must be also stocks, stock portfolios, stocks right? A, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. There's, there's, there's stocks and bonds portfolios, theoretically crypto and the, could also, you know, people mm -hmm. lose their whatever. Yeah, the deposit or, fees or, for those are much higher than a, just a cash bank account, right? So if the bank would make money on, on keeping those shares in their deposits for, for a long time too. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, um, that's, uh, let's, let's basically, um, a great cause uh, that you're supporting there. I fully, fully support that too. Let's put that money to better work uh, than it does today. Um, and it's great to hear that this is very active still, um, on these, on these matters. Is there something else that, um, sort of makes you, makes you happy at this point? What, what, what drives you other than, other than these causes? Um, I think what drives me is just working with, with, uh, capable people on cool projects. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm very passionate about Greece also. Um, so I'm usually thinking about new projects to start in Greece or starting new projects in Greece, many of which don't work out. Um, so yeah, I'm very passionate about Greece and also bringing ideas from abroad and specifically Germany to Greece and, um, Yeah, I'm also very excited about the whole impact investing scene at the moment that there are so many new funds starting and that this whole space is growing so fast. And, um, yeah. That's good to hear. If, if, if you do, do you treat yourself to, um, certain luxuries as well still? Uh, yes, I would say so. I mean, what are they? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yesterday I just bought like uh, an expensive pair of shorts. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I I try to um, live by the like stoic uh, kind of uh, code that you should uh, have uh, moderation in everything that you do. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, this is what this yeah. um, podcast is all about. Uh, What's, can you share a little bit more about what else you kind of control? I mean, I love the shorts thing because if you had said an expensive sports car, we would all have judged you. But with the shorts, you yeah, could also yeah. argue they last longer. I'm pretty sure you bought better materials that were not sourced somewhere in a bad yeah. place. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense to invest in quality, I think, with your clothes. Um, but I, I highly respect people that uh, buy only from secondhand. Um, and it's actually quite interesting because secondhand clothes are like, they're super cheap and there's some, some pieces are very, very, very good. Like, like expensive brands, like, I don't know, like Dior or Etro or whatever. I would But, bet a lot um, of those were not the, worn. The anyway. big luxury for me is, is, is traveling. Um, mm -hmm. so taking the plane, staying in expensive hotels, um, maybe good, you know, getting a massage if I want to, um, I guess. And then that's uh, doing, doing birthday parties, birthday parties, usually where I, where I also spend money. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So this year, uh, we're, we're doing it on a, on a, the ESA, which is the, uh, 
uh, a stream in, in the mainstream, the main lake in, uh, not lake, river in, in Munich. There you can do like a raft party. So you have like a big uh, wooden raft and you do like a party on that thing. And you float down the river while doing it. And you float down the river, exactly. Yeah. Oh, awesome. It, it sounds like you're treating yourself more to experiences than, than to expensive things, right? Yeah, I think experiences are like also concert tickets. I love going to concerts. Oh, wonderful. Is, is there a play, is there um, a moment in your for yourself where you say like okay this is as far as I go with sort of donating and spending my money this is kind of the um, the minimum that I would need for myself and my family or you know when you when you I'm sure you, I know that you're also more more um, more on the capitalistic side that you know companies should be owned by people and you know you need to put the money to work How, when mm. you, when you think about moderation sort of what what do you think is reserved for yourself and what is reserved for society when you think about balance yeah i haven't actually um concluded that subject for me yet um so mm -hmm. i'm still thinking about it but um yeah i think i have like the amount in my head that i need uh, or that i would like to have let's say per year and then extrapolate um yeah basic basic uh financial planning i like that Uh, and in the yeah. tradition of a Swiss, I'm not going to ask you about, we're not going to talk about the amount or money. That's good. Yeah. yeah. No, but I'd love that you opened up um, and, and talked to, um, to us about your different causes and what you're doing. I think it's wonderful um, to see um, also not just yourself. I mean, there's many um, sort of a, in, in your network that, that also do the same thing, which is a great, um, great, I think a great place to start when it comes to giving back. And I think we should all, we should all do it. Is there anything else other wealthy people can do um, about their sort of situation if they want to help? Well, I think um, one thing that they can do is to change the way they invest. So instead of investing in, in, in companies that, you know, destroy the planet and, and, and harm society, they can invest in companies that actively, um, you know, help to solve social and ecological problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's even a, a whole university unit in Zurich called the Center for Sustainable Finance and Private Wealth. It's at the University of Zurich. Mm -hmm. And they teach high net worth individuals, family offices, um, how to deploy their capital in a way that reflects their values. Um, and uh, they have a number of programs and they publish reports around the, the, these topics to, to help the high net worth individuals um, understand how to invest Uh, with impact awesome yeah uh, let's let's put a link into that sounds, sounds very interesting is this something any anyone can do or is this purely for sort of family the, the center for sustainable finance is focused on private wealth so it's mm -hmm. center for sustainable finance and private wealth focused on um wealth holders but also the the wealth um the wealth management industry so they they offer courses for client advisors, for example. Mm -hmm. Is, and and so let's say if I don't belong to that club um, uh, to, to qualify for such a course, what would you recommend me on how can I have an impact? Well, in, in Switzerland, there's, there's a robo-advisory firm called Injova. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you come across them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's for retail investors uh, to help you um, yeah, invest your money into a stock uh, Yeah, publicly listed companies that that you know are have a very good ESG profile. Okay, gotcha. So for focusing on the ESG side, we, we'll put all that in into into the show links as well. Um, thanks. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that tip, Tony. 
thank you so much for taking your time. I really appreciate it. And um, sure. if uh, if uh, if there's anything we can support, let us know. We'll definitely put the links in the show notes. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Hope you did too. Uh, tune in again next Friday for the next episode. And in the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast. Also give us a positive review wherever you're listening in. And I hope you come and listen again. Have a great week and see you soon.